helping you find your happy place in beautiful Coeur d'Alene, Idaho. Lake City Real Estate is a team of successful professionals committed to helping you elevate your quality of life. Every team member is a trusted real estate advisor who is well-connected, well-informed, customer-focused, and community-minded. Our website is a wealth of information. Go to lakecdarealestate.com for everything you need to know about Coeur d'Alene Real Estate. Whether you are buying, selling, or investing, we promise to provide you with a five-star service every step of the way. Good morning. Thank you for joining us today, Lake CDA Realty uh, Podcast. Today we've got with us Jared Bond, Michelle Garcia, Dave Davey, and myself, Corey Ray. Uh, so how's your, how are you guys doing? What, what are we talking about today? <laughs> Let's talk about real estate. <laughs> Sounds good. Yeah. Yep, yep. So um, we spring is on the way, and we're talking a lot about, in, in our circles, um, people thinking about listing their homes, right? Uh, we've been talking a lot about the value of people's homes and equity. Um, so there are uh, uh, just so much appreciation here in the area. And depending on what uh, neighborhood you're in, we, um, you know, we can take a look at the value of your home and that sort of thing. But as far as um, I think we promised on the first podcast to talk about some fun areas um, and things to do in North Idaho. So we have Jared back from Cabo. Hey, everybody. <laughs> so let's, yeah, good let's times transition in Cabo into for that. Sure. Yeah. Uh, yeah. How but, was it? Oh, it was great. Yeah. Uh, I went bungee jumping for my first time. That was intense. <laughs> that was uh, something I checked off my bucket list. I'm not sure I'll do it again, maybe, but <laughs> I'm glad I did it. That was pretty cool. But anyways, um, fun things to do in Coeur d'Alene. Um, I'm an outdoors person. I like to ride dirt bikes, snowmobiles, ski, so on and so forth. So one of my favorite spots to go to is Gold Creek Lodge. Um my friend Dave McCahill owns Gold Creek Lodge, and um, it's a pretty fun place. Uh, it's the head of a trail system that goes all over the Pacific Northwest. I mean, you can ride for miles and miles and miles. Um, Gold Creek Lodge is full service. It has um, a hotel you can stay at. It has um, electric bikes to rent, snow bikes, snowmobiles, dirt bikes. Uh, there's a wakeboard boat. You can go paddle boarding on Lake Ponderay tons of things to do so it's very family oriented and um yeah it's a great it, place to check out and it's kind of a hidden treasure right like it sure it's is, not yeah. a lot of people know about it i think no it's pretty hidden um but it is starting to get discovered there is a a ton of people going there um and i was just looking on their um their website and they just had prime rib, prime rib dinner last weekend so yeah they offer some cool things is it year round Jared? yeah yeah uh, right now, you can only access it by, you know, snowmobile or um, a four-wheeler with tracks. But, um, yeah, it is open year-round. We went out there. There was no snow on the ground. And it's, um, is that like a forest road? or I mean, the road was pretty good, but it was still gravel. And I was a little concerned. <laughs> I'm kind of a baby <laughs> yeah. when it comes to, but, uh, I mean, the view is stunning i mean it was just amazing but you're pretty high up there in the mountains 
Yeah, it's uh, it's located. Well, if you go up I ninety five, you take the Silverwood exit, you head east on um, Bunko Road, you'll uh, eventually run into Forest Service Loop Road two seventy eight, and um, Gold Creek Lodge is located in Lakeview, Idaho, which is on the east side of Lake Ponderé. Um, so yeah, it's it's I would say hmm, a ten mile drive on dirt roads. Yeah. Um, yeah, and some of them are kind of snug, right? Yeah. But, we, I mean, we were in the Jeep. We were able to get through fine. Yeah. But there was some trade. Like, there was a guy coming the other direction it, with a big old uh, trailer, long. Oh, and yeah. And I was like, oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, speaking of trailers, they have, I think, 10 hookups, to full-service hookups. So you can bring your camp trailer up there, hook up. Um, yeah. But a lot of a lot of dirt bike people, right? Oh, in the summertime, it's so packed. Yeah, because yeah. there's trails all over. All over the place. Yeah, um, it's, a, it's a great spot. I think trail two. I like to single track dirt bike ride, and I think it was trail two, I, as I recall. Mm-hmm. It's one of the best trails I've ever ridden. Oh, right yeah. along the river. Yeah, Amazing. there's yeah. Um, a lot of the pro riders go up there and ride the single track. It's just phenomenal. Yeah. Um, yeah. gorgeous up there so it goes along this trail goes along the lake well there's trails everywhere i mean you could ride to montana mm-hmm. wow yeah yeah you can get to canada sandpoint montana right from there it's a it's a crazy trail system sweet well we don't want jared to give away all of the uh, <laughs> all, my all the little nuggets <laughs> but thanks for that that was that's yeah. awesome yeah. um real quick uh, I'm sure people are curious that are not from the area. What's it like to fly out of Spokane to Mexico? You know, what what was that experience like? Oh, um, not bad. Um, we flew from Spokane to Seattle, and then Seattle straight to Cabo. Um, and yeah, it was a like a half hour flight from Spokane to Seattle, and then I think it was four and a half hours to Cabo. Um, not bad at all, and. Uh, well, and customs has changed. So going in and out of Mexico on that side, it's facial recognition. So when we landed in Mexico, they took a picture of our, they scanned your face. And then coming back when we landed in San Diego to go through customs, we walked right up. They asked you, do you have your passport? You said yes. They didn't even need to see it. And that facial recognition scanned your face. And they said, okay. So it was super fast. A little weird and interesting, but... It was super fast. There wasn't a line like you used to, you know, stand in line for two hours trying to get through customs. Well, this was... Phew. So even with COVID, you pretty simple getting in and out of... Getting into Mexico, it was no problem. Um, so our hotel, they offer a free COVID test uh, the day before you leave. You get the COVID test, and then you know, an hour or so later, you get an email whether you're negative or positive. And, and then you show that email when you get to, um, to the airport when you're going through... Um, security. They'll ask to see your COVID test. You show them your COVID test and mm-hmm. they'll let you through. Cool. Yeah, it was pretty simple, to tell you the truth. Sounds like a lot of fun. Yeah. It's nice having an international airport so close to Coeur d'Alene, too. And, Heck yeah. You know, having the parking be so cheap and just oh, yeah. all this stuff. I mean, it's just, it's awesome. You can get anywhere you want. Mm-hmm. Like these it's kind of an underrated airport. 
I think it's it's really well set up, easy in, easy out. Yeah, yeah, it's I've, super fast. I've always had an enjoyable experience mm-hmm. going there, as far as airports go. Or picking people up from the airport, and we're literally, depending on where you are in North Idaho, somewhere between thirty and forty-five minutes away from yeah. the airport. So, yeah, super convenient. Mm-hmm. That's actually a, con- a concern with some other. I think that's part of the reason why this area is exploding because. Obviously, we're interesting, it's beautiful, but there's a lot of other towns that it might take an hour and a half or two hours or three hours to get to the nearest international airport. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a big deal for people who, especially second home or, you know, vacationers, um, they might opt to not go somewhere just for that reason. Yeah, they're starting to open up a lot of direct flights. Mm-hmm. Um, I know LAX is two-and-a-half-hour direct flight mm-hmm. from Spokane. Yep. It's pretty reasonable. I, th- I know there's a lot of people in law enforcement, firefighters that live here in North Idaho and are actually employed by uh, agencies down in Los Angeles or right. mm-hmm. Sacramento. So obviously they do it on a regular basis. Yeah. Yeah, and even more so now, I think, with um, some Seattle people do it. Um because they can, you know, get here pretty quick, and even some of them might drive. But uh, I know I flew to San Diego as a direct flight, super easy, just a few hours, you know, a couple hundred. I think that was like, I don't know, 250 bucks or something. Especially post-COVID. I mean, there's so much more telecommute and remote work that's being done, and, yeah. you know, people wanting to take those, you know, puddle jumper flights that maybe they never did before, you know, so. Absolutely. <clears throat> I'm trying to figure out how to get Spokane to do direct to Florida. <laughs> right now, it takes all day to get there. <laughs> so, we'll is that see. one layover? Which well, is one? Yeah, usually either uh, yes, uh, either Denver, Dallas. Uh, I did one in Minnesota, but it's it's eight hours for sure at the minimum to get there. Which ends up by the time you you know get there early and get picked up and everything it's 10 hours almost of travel it is practically the farthest point you can go from yeah but it's worth it (laughs) so and actually that's a good point there's a lot of people here they might live here part-time or they have their second home here and so they're here during half of the year and the other half they're somewhere else so we have a lot of vacation rentals in the area we have a lot of second homes in the area it's a big deal. Yeah. Well, where should we go from here? Do you want to uh, introduce Dave? And I know he's got some stuff to talk about from NIBCA. Yes, for sure. So Dave's been working with NIBCA. And uh, what's your official title? Political liaison? That's right. Yeah. Okay, perfect. So um, I'll let you kind of take the ball and run with it. But if you would just share with people kind of what your role is there. and. Sure the information that you've that you have now yeah great cool yeah so again my name is dave davey uh, i was born and raised in the area um, i've owned two pieces of real estate myself in false falls uh, also has some land in spirit lake um, i've lived off grid uh, like the majority of us i really do enjoy the outdoors as well and you know the fact that we have four distinct seasons uh, there's nearly nine thousand streams and rivers uh, there's over 200 lakes in Coeur d'Alene, the deepest one uh, being 1140 feet deep that we just talked about uh it's less than an hour from the studio here so um i do love the outdoors and 
Uh, in regards to real estate, I love to expend myself for others. I like to go above and beyond for my clients and really deliver that five-star service that Lake Coraline Real Estate is known for. So like we were talking about, in addition to my real estate duties, I also contract for NIBCA, which stands for the North Idaho Builders and Contractors Association. And we're dedicated to promoting the building industry and really are the premier industry resource that helps to balance uh, all the economic, environmental, and legislative issues to help strengthen the residential construction sector and advocate for greater housing affordability, flexibility, the overall economic development, job creation, and just really uh, the growth of our economy. And NIBCA uh, engages in a wide variety of successful advocacy efforts, and those directly and indirectly benefit businesses in and outside of the building industry. And so, you know, I'm the political liaison for the board and for our members, and, you know, it's my job to go out into the marketplace and bring back to our stakeholders, you know, really what's going on in the area in regards to city planning, zoning, land use, public hearings, ordinances, and the like. And, and things that are going to be of interest to the builders, contractors, developers, lenders, trade professionals, and others that are members for the NIBCA. And so uh, last month uh, for February, I reported on 19 separate meetings that involved you know, city council deliberations, public hearings, planning and zoning, urban renewal, community development workshops, and things like that for all the cities around here, uh, Coeur d'Alene, Hayden, Pulse Falls, Rathrum as well as for Kootenai County, uh, for their Board of County Commissioners, their Planning Commission, and the Kootenai County Area Transportation Team, KCAT. And so we thought, as our audience, you might enjoy hearing a few of the highlights from some of the meetings that I attend every month. And so the plan is going to be for me to come on the podcast once a month and just download a few tidbits. And uh, we just really value our listeners. We want to encourage you guys to reach out to us with your likes and dislikes, your comments and suggestions. Because I really want to kind of continue to tailor our programming to the widest variety of listeners. And so thanks for all of your input. So a couple things that I learned uh, about public hearings, I'll tell you, is that uh, public hearings, city council meetings, commissioner meetings, and all this stuff, you know, even though all these meetings, or almost all of them, are open to the public, you know, based on the way these things are advertised, I'm convinced that uh, many of the commissions prefer to operate kind of under the radar. Um, and the reason I say that is that unless... You literally see a meeting announcement on a flyer at City Hall, or you check their calendar all the time on their website, I mean, you would have no idea that these meetings are even happening, much less that you were invited to attend. So uh, I just said that to say that if you'd like to stay informed and contribute to the community that you live in, you know, you can uh, join their YouTube channel. You can check their calendar for meetings and agendas. Uh, you can even sign up to get advance notice for the meetings if that's something that that jurisdiction offers. But there's ways to stay involved and so here's just a few things that I gleaned from last month's meetings that I went to. Uh, I was at a meeting for Kootenai County, and uh, two weeks ago they received some bids for a, a building that they're building for uh, general manager services at the airport for some snow removal equipment that they got, and they're going to have a couple of offices in there too. And one of the commissioners said that we received one bid or RFP response, and, and we're not necessarily approving the contract and amounts yet, but we just want to give notice to everybody that we're awarding the bid you know, to these people and that they've been selected. Well, there's a citizen in the audience and he was aware that this was going to be on the docket. And so he wanted to speak against it. And he says, well, you know, one, uh, it's not needed because we already have a place for that snow removal equipment and we already have enough office space. And two, it's a $6 million projected cost. And that's obscene. Uh, he says, this is $350 a square feet 
And I mean, I previously sent you emails um, and I gave you quotes from local companies that will build this way cheaper than that. Um, it's basically a monument to the manager, he says. And he says at $350 square foot, he said that's more expensive than homes around the lake. He said pole buildings you can put up for $50 a square foot. Tilt up or precast warehouses, you can do that for 80 to 100 bucks a square foot. He goes, and I just personally built a 40,000 square foot Class A medical office space, which has some very expensive equipment in it. And it was only $192 per square foot to finish. So again, uh, it's way too expensive. Another citizen came up and commented, well, you know, if you only got one RFP response back and one bid, mm -hmm. then, I mean, something's wrong in the way you're putting right. out those notices because, you know, I can't believe in this competitive a market you'd only get one bid. So then you guys are going to try to approve it, just one bid, and you don't even have price yet? Like, that seems totally backwards. And so this citizen urged that they didn't vote on it, you know, and that they just deferred it until they got, you know, more information before they made an award. And, you know, that's what they decided to do. But, you know, again, it's great to have citizens that can, you know, come to these meetings and speak up to be able to, you know, help move things along in the mm -hmm. right direction, I think. So, Dave, was that, did you say that was county? That was Kootenai County, yeah. Okay, yeah. interesting. Yeah, and so, I mean, I'll be honest, I mean, some of these meetings are about as fun as watching the paint dry, right? <laughs> and, you know, no disrespect if that's your thing, but um, some of them it can be really useful, uh, and they can get a little heated, too. Mm -hmm. um, so at the very next meeting I went to with these same commissioners, one of the commissioners literally said, and I quote, well, just because I might get 125 emails on some things, and they're tiresome and duplicates of other emails, I don't respond to them. If someone calls me, I talk to them, but I've got zero phone calls on this. So if I get a lot of email and it's pretty much carbon copies of other emails, I don't respond to that at all. So just because, you know, we don't do what a small group wants us to do doesn't mean that we're not responsive. You know, there's a difference. Like he literally said this in a meeting, right? <laughs> so how would you know that the only way to communicate with this person is by phone, right? right? And what if they were going to put up a high rise structure right next to where you're at and they're going to block your view or something, right? Um, you can find out some of these things by going to some of these meetings, and so it can be helpful for people that are in the community. Um, another meeting for Kootenai County, the Director of Community Development, um, I learned from him that in regards to building permits in the county, uh, 2020 was the highest recorded year on record for building permits we've ever had in Kootenai County, mm. and that this year we're 40% over that. Mm. So we're still cranking out the new construction, and there's uh, they're overwhelmed with building wow. permits. Um and we're only it's March, and you're saying... 40% over. Projected for the year or already for? Uh, projected for the okay. year, yeah. Oh, gotcha. Yeah, but still, uh, things are going to continue the way that they are. We have such a yeah. waiting list, right? I mean, uh, can't build them fast enough, and that's just, right. you know, what's going on. Um, so another meeting, a small business had requested a zone change for a lot that it's less than an acre. And when he first went to a, a you know, the hearing examiner, which is the way that works, the hearing examiner made a recommendation to the city council that they deny the request... They had a bunch of reasons, and then there was uh, six citizens that were on record as being against it, too. Um, so then it came to the city council, and they met, and then they clarified that the subject parcel is currently undeveloped. Uh, the purpose of the request is to enable this applicant, who's a small business owner, to establish a contractor storage facility, is all he's going to do. Um, and he wants to put, you know, vehicles and equipment and stuff in storage, is all. And so the applicant came up and got on the mic and says, well... You know, the main reason that the hearing examiner, you know, 
disqualified that and recommended against it is because he was trying to protect the city of Rathrum. But I talked to the city of Rathrum, and they don't have any interest in the property. It's not even within Rathrum's area of impact. So uh, there's no reason why you shouldn't grant this. And uh, as it turns out, the city council members and the staff, they agreed. You know, they said the hearing examiner did a great job of his analysis, but, you know, they're going strictly by the letter of the law. And now that we look at the migration patterns and the fact that the location is actually more suitable, you know, for industrial and residential anyway, yeah, we're going to grant the request to the applicant. So, you know, again, uh, you know, if you don't speak up uh, and if you don't know how to speak up, then, you know, sometimes you're not going to be able to accomplish what you want to, uh, you know, in the community that you live in. So uh, tons of meetings that I went to. Um, Another quick one, um, there was uh, for the city of Coeur d'Alene, one of the uh, Envision CDA is what it's called. I couldn't remember it. They're trying to update the city's comprehensive plan. Mm -hmm. And so uh, they're trying to guide the growth of the city over the next 20 years. And they've had numerous workshops trying to get input from citizens in Coeur d'Alene. And they've had over 1,400 people that have responded and participated and you know, really being part of surveys and stuff to help influence the future of land use in Coeur d'Alene. Uh, the meeting that I went to was uh, very well attended, and uh, they were able to, you know, come up with uh, a lot of uh, plans that they're going to have for Coeur d'Alene. And uh, in going to these meetings, you get a chance to be able to, you know, hear how the future is going to look. Um, one project that we're doing right now is uh, a 47-acre uh, project called the Atlas Waterfront Project, and uh, 24.5 acres of that project is going to be open space, which is literally 35% of the entire land mass, which is amazing. Um, picnic tables, dog parks, barbecues, and stuff like that. Um, and there's going to be 571 total units that they're going to build there. One of the things I learned by going to the meeting is that um, they're really modifying the way that the land is sold, which is uh, of relevance to realtors and stuff in the area. Um, initially, they were going to sell it in blocks. Then the developer would come in. They're going to determine, you know, what you could build and with that particular block of land and that process. You know, they're saying, well, that's pretty cumbersome, and you know, that's going to leave money on the table that the city's urban renewal agency, what's that they're called Ignite CDA, you know, that they could realize and pass through to the city or the public, or that they could use that money for other important stuff that they wanted to do. So, as a result of that, now. There's a combination of block level sales and lot level sales. And so the bottom line is that Ignite's going to be able to retain the entire control over what gets developed there. And as opposed to letting the market speak too much, is literally Mm -hmm. what they said. Like um, the other cities around the area, Hayden, Pulse Falls, and Rathrum, they're also updating their master plans right now. So um, if this stuff is of interest to anybody listening, you know, now's a great time to get involved and go out there and try to make an impact for your local community. That's interesting. So when that last news about Atlas and how they're changing, when did that take place recently? Yeah, just the last month. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Interesting. I wonder, so what I'm aware of, but it's been probably a, about a month ago, uh, the last I heard from one of the um, realtors representing one of, one of the two builders that are approved in that area, um, I mean, I thought that was uh, how that was going to roll. So just, ironically, Atlas Building Group, or is that their full name? Atlas Construction? Atlas, I think it's building something. 
um, is one of the builders, and then Active West is going to do a smaller unit um, project. But I, my understanding was that they were the only two approved so far. So you're saying they're changing how they're selling off the yeah yeah parcels. apparently the the ultimate decision maker is Ignite CDA okay. They're the ones that get to decide what's going to be built there. And there's been some changes. There was uh, an area that was going to have some uh, duplexes. That's been changed into residential. There was uh, oh, no, I think that's two or three other two or three duplex? other commercial. So there's five commercial properties now. Okay. Um, on Atlas, they're all. I think all five of them are, are restaurant type establishments. You mm-hmm. know. Um, so a couple yeah, of those have been added. Excuse me. And, by builders, I'm. I was just referring to the residential stuff. Mm-hmm. I I mm-hmm. do know there was commercial and that was separate, but. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was just referring to the residential, right. but that's interesting. Yep. Cool. Okay. How? Um, so if we want to get regular updates. Uh, or anyone listening? Yeah, I would recommend uh, go uh, just literally uh, look on the web and go to the city mm-hmm. uh, website. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes they'll have uh, feeds where you can get uh, advanced notice of agendas and meetings and stuff that are going out. And you can just sign up for that, and they'll send you an email let you know when meetings are coming up. And um, you can select which ones you want. Like you only want to do historic preservation or you only want to do city council meetings or public hearings or whatever you just pick which ones you want and Mm -hmm. um, not all jurisdictions do that but many of them do Um, you can sign up for their youtube channel um, their facebook live or you know however they're broadcasting information and a lot of them thankfully now are broadcasting because of covid they don't Mm -hmm. want to have as many people in the meetings so um, so do they do, are they doing Zoom, like where they send out a link, or are they yeah, just Yeah, it's broadcast? different. Uh, sometimes they'll do Zoom, sometimes they'll be GoToMeeting, and they'll have tons of citizens that'll be on there, and they, they'll just automatically silence you, and you have to you raise your hand if you want to make a comment, and okay. if you do, it's just like being there live in person, you know. Mm-hmm. But most people, they're just silenced the whole time, just listening or watching, you know. Right. Um, and then sometimes they'll do a YouTube Live or a Facebook Live or um occasionally they won't even do them live either they'll just you know post them kind of after the fact depending on the you know the meeting and mm-hmm. you know whether or not there's legal proceedings that are actually happening or whatnot but uh yeah pretty easy to get connected you just gotta go to the city website and uh fiddle around until you can find out how they're broadcasting that stuff and then mm-hmm. you can be made, made, made aware of it so super helpful yeah, yeah that's awesome i think another thing is uh as dave mentioned early on if if listeners want to reach out to us on the team with specific questions, mm-hmm. either via email or phone call, we can address those those concerns or questions on the next show. Totally. Uh, yeah. or, or we can lead them to the right resource to research that. Directly. Yeah, for sure. If we're starting to see enough interest with a specific question, we right. can definitely address that topic on the <laughs> next show. Yeah. You know, that's one of the beauties of this team is everyone on this team brings a wealth of knowledge from a different aspect of our community. Right. Uh, I mean, what Dave provides is is just legendary. This information. It's huge. You know, like he said, no one wants to go sit through all these meetings, but <laughs> Dave does it out of out of um, community service, and he, if he boils it down and brings the most important stuff back to us, yeah. You know, we can feed that to our clients and really benefit from it. Well, and yeah, that's his role. <laughs> and that's why the board at NIBCA loves him so much because it's, uh, it's just a hard thing to try and hit all of these different meetings. What did you say? 19? You went to 19 meetings? Uh, yeah. Yeah, this, yeah, the last month, yeah. <laughs> I want to t- 
tear my eyes out. That sounds awful. <laughs> yeah, some of them are three or four hours long. It's a commitment, you know. I mean, and you never know until you get in it, you know. And you might, it could be a three-hour meeting and it's only five minutes of content you care about, right? But right. you never get to five minutes unless you sit through the whole thing, you know. Um, the other advantage it's made to Lake Corlane Real Estate and to some of our clients uh, is the fact that we have some pretty intimate relationships with, I mean, uh, lots of the players that you would want to know, right? I mean, the builders, the contractors, the city and county commissioners and all the people that are doing all the planning and zoning and codes and ordinances and yeah. you know like it's really helpful to be able to bend their ear and find out you know what can i do what can't i do right you know what's the next thing going up here how am i protected and you know be able to get answers to that stuff but we get the right answer the first time right you know? Yeah, it's super helpful. And just that I, I think that's one of the things that I'm most proud of is um, in this team is that I, um, the, our heart is to serve and to be a resource for people. So, you know, when I say I'm at an open house and someone just stumbles in, they're new to the area, man, I have so much to share with that person or that couple. Um, and depending on what they're after, or it could be a long-term resident, but there's a lot of people that don't know about some of the things that are going on. So it's super helpful, you know, to be well-informed. And I mean, uh, you know, I'm learning stuff from you, Dave, all the time because you're going to these meetings or, um, but we're constantly like all of us are knee deep in our business all day. It's not like a little side hustle for us. So I think it's important to, have that depth of knowledge and those resources. Yeah. Um, Dave volunteers for, for that aspect of it. I myself, I'm two years now the chairman for the Home and Garden Show mm -hmm. through mm -hmm. NIBCA. And then Michelle, she uh, volunteers her time. Um, talk about your role at NIBCA. Yeah, PWB. Well, so I started through PWB, which stands for Professional Women in Building, but that kind of bumped me over once I was done with that role, um, oh, just to sitting on the board in general. So, um, and I, we, you weren't here, Jared, you were like, I don't know, bungee jumping in Cabo, <laughs> but we talked last week <laughs> a lot about NIBCA, so oh, nice. I won't belabor the point, but, uh, but no, talk about your role at Home and Garden. That's actually coming up. Yeah, it is. It's coming up. Uh, the 2021 Home and Garden Show will um, be April 23rd through the 25th at the Kootenai County Fairgrounds. Um, we we had to push the date back. It usually is the first week in March, but due to COVID, we had to push the date back to the end of April. Um, the fact that we're even able to have it is awesome. Oh, yeah. And, right? and we're starting to fill up super fast. Um, we were kind of worried that we wouldn't have a, enough people to pull off the show. Mm -hmm. Oh, no, it's almost full. So... Yeah, I encourage everybody who uh, is looking to redo their yard or... Um, or build a house build, or build yeah, a and, deck. And, or, and don't let the Home and Garden Show fool you. There's a lot of other supporting trades that have a booth mm -hmm. there. Um, so it's a it's a great place to go check out. And I saw um, Leslie last night. She said there's 10 booths left. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's, it's filling up quick. <laughs> so, cool. What are the dates? Do you know? April 23rd through the 25th. Okay. Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Cool. Are we going to have a booth? I think we're going to have a booth. 
Should look, we have a booth? Look for us. We might have a booth. <laughs> Jared won't be in the booth. He'll be busy running the whole show. I will greet you. You can stop by the show and say, hi, I'll be at the door. <laughs> I was thinking what, what you just said, Michelle, about, uh, you know, you're running an open and maybe people new to the area mm-hmm. are asking questions and you give them information. We all kind of take that for granted, right, that people new to the area need information. But I'm finding a lot that people that have been born and raised here are not current with what's happening now. Right. And, you know, um, it's really important to stay on the pulse of what's going on in our community now with what Dave just brought to the table, Mm -hmm. you know, what Jared brings to the table, and all of us living and working, like you said, full-time in this environment and knowing not only where we are, but where we're headed. Mm -hmm. Um, Where we are right now is important. Where we were yesterday is less important. But really the most important is where we're going to be a year from now, what our community is doing, how we're developing it, how we're keeping up with infrastructure, what the builders are doing, and all of that information. So um, I feel like, again, not to keep circling back on it, this, this team of ours... We all bring different aspects in that truly are advantageous to our buyers and sellers. Right. Of giving them the real outlook on what's going on. Well, and um, there's there's just so many things. Like, people have uh, different opinions of what's happening, right? Like, some I just read another article today in the paper how terrible growth is and, you know, it's just out of control and... Um, and we're not here to have an opinion about, you know, the, whether that growth is good or bad. It's just, it's obviously happening. The people are coming. That was, I forget the exact headline, but that was the gist of the comments was, look, people are coming. We can't stop them from coming. So we have to deal with this in a way that makes sense. Um, my personal opinion is, you know, limiting that growth or, or they were talking about even a moratorium. (laughs) to me just seems ridiculous because that's um, going to obviously make the um, current supply that we have even more expensive if you stop the growth. So it's just, to me, doesn't seem like an option. But um, when it comes to, you know, a person coming to us for um, advice or help in whether they're trying to build something or find something existing or sell whatever they have, to maybe either downsize or upsize, whatever their circumstances are. Like we have so many resources at our fingertips and there's some people they might have land. Um, I mean, Jared and I have sat down with the mayor of Hayden to go over some different options of, you know, we we have people we can hit up. So between, uh, you know, once we know what the goal is or what the questions are, we can um, figure out a, a way to, you know, find out what the game plan is, right? Mm-hmm. And and if we don't know, like our brokerage, we have so many resources at our fingertips. It's amazing. So I'm, I am. I'm proud of what we're building here. And at, at the same time, there's some other super um, easy resources, things like the city of Coeur d'Alene. Sometimes I'll be driving around and I'm like, huh, what's that? I don't know what that is. Why don't I know what that is? And so you can go to the Coeur d'Alene website, and there's a list of all the projects that they have brewing. And you can just click, click, and find out who's doing it. So that's cool. Yeah. 
Yeah. I just went to the visitor center for a client yesterday. Mm. And there's a ton of information even there. Heck yeah. It's just an interesting place. Yes. So many resources that, um, you know, if you're just uh, out there selling real estate on your own, you're busy all the time. Right. Uh, with us as a group, we kind of have this ability to do fun things like podcasts and go to, the, you know, research this information and get it back to our clients. Yeah. Yeah. So it's really, it's really uh, quite an amazing place here. I mean, we, we probably don't even have to say that, <laughs> but uh, the growth is exciting. Like mm-hmm. you said, some people are afraid of it. Some people are flat out mad about it. Other people, I would imagine, are excited about it. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you're a business owner and you're running a shop down on Sherman or a restaurant, I would think you'd be pretty excited about people moving here and, mm-hmm. you know, right. and paying you for your service. So there is this this problem, though, and I think, so, I forget who brought it up last time, um, you know, as, as difficult as it is for especially a lot of the locals um, that are sort of getting priced out of the market if someone hasn't isn't already own doesn't already own something and so um you know for maybe the kids once they grow up and get into their career a lot of the locals are the responses you know they're not able to the kids have to like go somewhere they have to go somewhere else they can't make a good living here but um someone brought up last time how well if you own a home here already i mean you're pretty happy about your appreciation in your own existing home so that's a benefit for sure but I do feel like there's there is a problem you know for the entry-level housing market Um, some people call it the missing middle there's a lot of different names but uh, it's a challenge so I think Coeur d'Alene and North Idaho in general is going to have to tackle that somehow and uh, I don't know the answer but yeah, when going to these uh, city council meetings and stuff, it comes up often, right? And mm-hmm. the, the solution that's been provided recently is to really rely on North Idaho Community College, uh, as well as some of the larger businesses in the area, to uh, create uh, you know, more and better and higher-paying jobs mm-hmm. uh, in the area. And that's not to say, that, I mean, we've got some great manufacturing here. We've got a nationally recognized hospital center, like... I mean, we've got good jobs here. Mm-hmm. Um, that's why the economy is so awesome. And that's why home values keep going up. Because, you know, it's uh, employment rate uh, has everything to do with real estate. It always has. Mm-hmm. And so you know, that's why things are going so well. And I think with the influx of people moving in, you know, a lot of these folks, uh, they're able to work remotely. You know, they're able to telecommute. Right, and they're so they're able making to, their metro. To still have an income that's mm-hmm. being supplied to the community and to the surrounding businesses you know, without needing a, a, you know, a brick and mortar place to go work. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so being a resort destination like we are, of course, that's why people are coming, but, um, there are works in, in place right now to be able to you know, really increase and continue, you know, the more upscale jobs that we have in the area so that we don't run into a situation where our kids can't stay here. And, yeah, and, you know, so they're, they're, they're working on it. I mean, it's a, it's a moving target and things are moving fast. Right. Um, I think it's more those entry-level people that are having the hardest time, like Mm -hmm. maybe that first-time home buyer. Because think about it. I mean, if something goes on the market here for, I don't know, what, $350? It's gone in a second. 
right? I mean, it's just gone. Yeah, it's gone in a second for four and a quarter. And for cash, and so the lend the people with loans, you know, it's so I f- I do feel like it it's a real problem, you know. So if we had some kind of solution where uh, somebody could buy something for three hundred grand, I mean, that doesn't even exist hardly right now. Yeah, they're considering uh, changing some of the zoning, specifically in Coeur d'Alene and a couple key areas, to put in some uh, larger residential structures, so above the five or six story. Mm-hmm. Um, large projects where they'd have big apartment complexes that mm-hmm. are that go up, you know, instead of spreading out. And the reason for that is that, you know, you've got the lake on one side, and everything else has to go north from there, mm-hmm. right? You can't build on the lake. So you're going to bump into Pulse Falls to the west. You got Canfield Mountain to the east, right? Mm-hmm. So you're going to have to go north. Well, you know, the land's going to get taken up eventually. So in trying to figure out planning for 2030, 2040 and beyond, mm-hmm. you know, the goal is, okay, you know, if we're going to double the size of our population over the next, say, 20 years, well, you know, how much land do we have right now? How much of that can be rezoned? How much of that can be, you know, redistributed? What can we build that's going to be different? And... Um, there are a lot of people that have moved in the area from, I don't know, California or Seattle or New York or Portland or whatever, where they've seen this happen before, right? Mm-hmm. So, you know, with the advance, you know, uh, planning commissions and stuff that we've put together and some of the things that they're doing, they'll, they'll be able to create enough housing for everybody. It won't be a problem, but it'll just look different. There's going to be mm-hmm. some different types of structures than we've had before. And the bottom line is a lot of these people that are younger, first-time home buyers. Uh, if the market stays as good as it is, then they're going to be renting. It's what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. But we'll have places for them to rent. So they won't necessarily have to leave. Mm. I think mm-hmm. that's kind of the overall plan. I like the idea of townhomes. Just because if, oh, yeah. if you can... I mean, you still have the shared walls and everything, or condos or whatever. The problem with condos, even for, um, you know, like at the higher end level, you have all the association fees and that puts a lot of people out of the running and also lending is tough um, on condo buildings they're not all approved uh, for what is it Jared like FHA or there's yeah. some limitations on right. lending for, uh, in a condo development but townhomes if you don't have the association fee or maybe it's way minimal so you know 75 bucks instead of 375 a month because I mean that's that's about what Riverstone is like. Yeah, that's a lot. Some of them are over four hundred, aren't they? Yep. A month. And I don't know what that includes. You'd think that would <laughs> include a pool, and I don't know all this stuff, but it doesn't. <laughs> well, you're down at Riverstone, you're so paying, there's that. You're paying for location. Yeah, for sure. But but you know you have single family homes down at Riverstone area that um, Corey would cost it like seventy five bucks a month, or yeah, not even that. I think it's. Uh... 60 something so anyway it's a big difference and so Mm -hmm. if there's some kind of solution where people could have a smaller monthly association but still get in at an entry level price I don't know it seems like a big ask right now but I feel like if someone can come in and solve that solution or that problem they well, make a lot of money. <laughs> there's that old saying where there's a will, there's a way, right? Yeah. I keep thinking, listening to you guys talk about this, I would much rather be in a community that is thriving and growing mm-hmm. than uh, maybe like uh, 
Detroit or something where people are, were leaving in droves. Mm. That would be much more concerning to me. Like right. Watching property values literally tank. Watching homes and buildings go vacant. Mm-hmm. Um, so we kind of need to look at the glass as being not only half full, but full full. Yeah. Because... People want to be here. Right. That's a good problem to have. Right. And if you're getting priced out of the market, there is a workaround. Mm -hmm. There is a way to solve that problem. Um, It's not to just, you know, cut bait and run. It's to figure out how do I keep a foothold in in my community Mm -hmm. where I live. And it can definitely be done. Mm -hmm. You just have to figure out maybe a non-traditional way of doing it. Um, If you could figure out a way to, you know get a VA loan or, or whatever the circumstance may be, that's a little more reassuring knowing that what you buy will be worth more than you paid for it, probably dramatically. Right, because of demand. In the future. Mm-hmm. Versus somewhere else in the country where maybe not so much. Maybe you can afford the house, uh, but it's going to be worth less than you paid for it. Mm-hmm. Or the same as you paid for it five years from now. Mm-hmm. So that that's kind of another way of looking at it. Um, we have what people want, and we're in an area that, that people want it. Right. You know, would you rather be on a amazing brand new cruise ship where people are trying to climb up the side to get on it with you, or be on a ship that's literally taking on water and sinking? People are jumping off. Right. So I'd rather be in our situation for sure. <laughs> for sure. <laughs> it's true. It's true. People want to be here for a reason. It is. I mean... That, that was us 15 years ago. You know, and a lot of this stuff, a, a lot of the water cooler talk is and, and gossip is just that. It's it's uh, scare tactics of people that don't really know what they're talking about. So they throw these these numbers out there. And, uh, you know, it reminds me of a joke I always used to tell my kid that my kids that uh, 86.42% of all statistics are made up on the spot. <laughs> <laughs> and I think people just hear things. Yeah. And they just run with it. And they, oh, I can't buy a new house because I just can't. First-time homebuyers, there's no possible way. Well, there is a way. Yeah. You might have to get creative. You might have to put a little more effort into it. But mm-hmm. there's definitely a way. And the people that are willing to put that effort in are going to benefit from it big time. Yep, I agree. Awesome. This was good. This was uh, a good talk. Yeah, it was. Is there anything else you guys think we should touch on or should we wrap it well up? no i one one last thing uh, in regards to what Corey was saying about you know first time home buyers and where there's a will there's a way um idaho legislator uh just passed a, a new law that um you can basically have a, a first time home buyers savings plan set up uh which operates a lot like an ira really hmm. um that's tax-free that uh it's an awesome way to get into you know, a home for the first time and you can start to put money in there that's gonna accrue interest and you're gonna be able to build wealth. Interesting. You know, and save up for I hadn't heard of that. Uh yeah, it just I think the last couple of weeks it passed. Mm-hmm. So. I think uh Jimmy McAndrew introduced that yesterday at the sales meeting. Yeah, he did. We spoke on uh, that. I guess I wasn't yeah. paying attention. <laughs> Sorry, Jimmy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but so uh, yeah, again, you know, uh there is a way, you know, and you know, for people that wanna be here, um you know, we'll help you figure it out. So, Dave, is that is that kind of like uh, giving people the ability to save uh, the pre-tax dollars? Mm-hmm. Yes, exactly. Yeah, for the purpose of down payment on. Yeah, them. wow, that's exactly what it's for. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, which mo- is like a thirty percent 
bump, right? That's a, that's a 20, great, great Somewhere program. between 20 to 30. Well, on the high end, yeah. I mean, anywhere from like if, 15 to 30%, right? Yeah, oh yeah, huge savings, right, from, you know, capital gains, whatever your tax structure is. But I think more importantly, especially if we're first-time home buyers, then, you know, they're investing in their future. Like, they're investing in real estate before they even own it, right? Mm -hmm. And once you go down that path and you start to get money in savings and you see how much is in there and it starts to build and it's getting bigger and bigger. Yeah, that's cool. Well, then it's more fun and it just drives you further and then eventually you're going to buy a piece of land. Whereas the other people that didn't do that and they weren't that committed then they're not going to get it, but you can. Mm -hmm. Like, like you know, there's a will, there's a way, right? Yeah. Cool, cool. That's exactly what I'm talking about, figuring out the strategy. Yeah. Well, uh, anyone have any closing thoughts? I don't. Go see Jared at the Home and Garden Show. Yeah, come visit me. <laughs> sit down and strategize. <laughs> Figure out your way. Yeah, and if anyone has any questions or needs a new direction uh, reach out to us and we'll see if we can sit in the right direction for sure awesome so, all right guys all have right. a good week and we'll talk to you soon thanks bye, bye. all right see it. this episode is brought to you by always moving ahead always moving ahead lives by its mission they want to be the infectious positivity that breeds itself in the lives of others to show that regardless of the hand life dealt you, that there is always the possibility to push through, to always move ahead. You can find them on Facebook and Instagram at alwaysmovingahead or email them at info at alwaysmovingahead.com to stay up to date. This podcast is made possible with the help of Lean Kitchen. Lean Kitchen offers chef-driven meals that are made from scratch, packed with protein, and have the nutrition facts and ingredients listed on the label so you know exactly what you're putting in your body. Their mission is to save you time and money by providing you with healthy, prepared meals that are delicious. So stop worrying about getting up early to make your lunch. Visit leankitchenco.com and set up a meal program today. Remember, your diet is the most important part of achieving your goals. This podcast is sponsored by Northland Strength. Youth athletes have the chance to build coordination and strength that stays with them for the rest of their lives. We give athletes a head start in sports and in life by creating a safe movement pattern, increasing their strength, and improving their coordination. This empowers their performance and allows them to move with purpose, all while maintaining a state of readiness for whatever comes their way, on the field, the court, or in life. We specialize in improving the performance of youth athletes, training you for either a team setting or individually. You can visit us at 7680 North Government Way in Dalton Gardens, Idaho, or you can contact us by phone at 208-449-4063 or email jared at northlandstrength.com. Also, be sure to follow us on Instagram and Facebook to stay up to date.